Well, Mission Impossible, our two-week mini-series, coming to an end today. No tears, please, for that. I know it's good, though. Uh, just real quick before I begin, um, I didn't give the guys in the back a heads up on this, but so there were seven people up here in the band. Four of those people were Grace Point people. So, yeah, isn't that excellent? So what we're shooting for is uh, once a month, we're going to try to have an all-Grace Point band. So be praying um, for some more, uh, for a drummer, I think is kind of the one thing we're really shooting for. So um, anyways, it's kind of cool. I was thinking about it this morning as we're listening to him sing, so God's blessing us that way. And, that, and that's good too, because as we launch the Tiffin campus, uh, it kind of relieves some of the stress on the music ministry uh, there, because we'll be rotating between three campuses. Um, so that's excellent. I appreciate that. Thank, thank the Lord for that, uh, and thank those who are involved that way serving in that way. I, I was going to offer um, to sing uh, as part of the praise team. Can I just tell you a little story about me? So, um, so Kim and I, I, I didn't even give you guys a chance to answer that. I'm going to tell you a story about me. So Kim has a, a beautiful voice. And uh, so when we got married, uh, I took the challenge of actually singing with her because she told me I had a good voice. And I believe everything Kim tells me um, that's positive about me. <laughs> And uh, so we, we actually sang at uh, like a wedding together. We sang at church before. And down in Fremont, I think we sang together first. And then I took the bold step of singing by myself on a Sunday evening. <laughs> Dan, why are you laughing? It's not that funny. So do you? Oh, all right. Okay. So, uh, and again, this, you know, so I remember talking to actually Caleb's dad, Rick, who was the music guy down at the time, and said, I <laughs> started to get a little bit too big, of, too big of a head. I said to him, hey, you know, if you ever need any help with singing on Sunday, this was in a Sunday evening service, if you ever need help with a Sunday morning service, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm, you know, I'm willing to help out as you need. And here's his response. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, but if you're going to sing... You'd do better if it was on the Sunday evening service. Some of you may think that's mean, but um, it was probably one of the, some of the best advice that I was given in my ministry years. Um, anyways, I'll move on. So, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Anyways, so the mission that we have, the mission to make disciples the mission that we've been giving, given to bring spiritual life to those who are spiritually dead can seem impossible, and it is actually for us, it's impossible in and of ourselves. But it's very possible when we consider the team that we have behind us, the team that we're a part of. And we talked last week, I call it Team Trinity talked about how uh, the Trinity plays into bringing this message of spiritual life to spiritually dead people, this message of the gospel, of a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, um, to the world. And, and we have, I think we have it up on the screen here. So here's Team Trinity. So God the Son, Jesus, did the dying. He did the eternal work of dying on the cross for our sins, all right? So we don't have to die 
and eternal death in hell. Jesus has already done that for us if we were to believe that and accept that. God the Father, Jesus tells us, is the one who draws us to Jesus. And so those of us who have placed our faith in Christ, we can probably even point back to a time in our life where we just seemed like things were happening where I was being drawn to Christ. And so it can be a bunch of different things. Maybe you're born into a Christian family, maybe you weren't, but God brought some Christian people into your life or um, struggles into your life, frustrations into your life, health issues, whatever it is. And he's using those things to draw you to Jesus. Once you're recognizing Jesus and and understanding what he did, then God, the Holy Spirit, he convicts. He's the one who says, hey, what's holding you back from a relationship with God is your sin. And if you allow God to forgive you and place your faith in Christ, then the next thing happens. God the Father declares. He declares us what? Righteous, not guilty. Right? All of those are right, but I'm using my words. So, (laughs) not guilty. He justifies us, which means he declares us not guilty of all that sin, past, present, and future. And then God the Son tells us that he's the one who's going to build the church. It is built upon the confession that we make that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. He died on the cross for our sins. And we ask God to forgive us of our sins. He declares us not guilty. And now we're part of his church. And we, we talked about this in, in 1 Timothy, that it's not just the church. You know, you have this kind of sterile, the church. But the church is the household of God. Household meaning family, that we're a child of God. And so those of us who have placed our faith in Christ, who have taken that step, we are part of the household of God. We're part of God's family. We're part of his team that he's going to use to bring this gospel message to the world that needs it. That God is going to be working in us and through us to make an impact in the lives of those in your life and in my life. And when that happens, Jesus said that the gates of hell cannot stand against that. If you could just picture this as you walk to work, or as you walk in your neighborhood, and as you're dealing with people who don't know Christ, if you can just understand that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and your church family is behind you to give you whatever you need, and maybe it's just simply courage to share that message with people in your life who need it, because that's the mission we've been given. That's why God hasn't taken us to heaven That's why when a person gives their life to Christ, God doesn't take him right to heaven. He leaves us here, not only to grow and understand who he is, but to share that with other people. So this morning, I want to continue to encourage you, if I can, uh, to take this step of faith, but also to invigorate your own spiritual life. Because here's what I believe. I believe the vast majority of Christians are stagnant in their faith. That they're not growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. They might be growing in their knowledge of the Bible. They might be growing in in an emotional sense of worshiping God and having this emotional thing happening. But they're not growing in the maturity of the faith because they're not sharing 
the gospel. They're not thinking as they get up in the morning about the fact that they're going to be used by God to impact people for Christ and that impact in their own spiritual life. Because Jesus said, follow me. Jesus said, make disciples. Jesus said, do life the way I do life. And that's why Jesus was on this earth. That was the motivation. And that's where we find our spiritual growth. We get biblical knowledge at church, I hope. <laughs> Trying. You get it on your own. We get to know who God is. We get all this information. We soak it up like a sponge. But we need to be squeezed out throughout the week and let that information pass on to other people. And in that, we invigorate our own spiritual lives. I want to answer two very practical questions this morning. We're not, we're not going to be looking at a whole bunch of verses. I'm going to uh, rely on your biblical knowledge and remembering on things. But I want to answer two questions. One is this, how do I bring the gospel to people? Pretty practical, right? How many would like to know that? Anybody? Okay. Yeah, good number of you. Good, that's good. There. And secondly, how do I know if they're interested? Another good question, right? Anybody think that's a good question? Like, I'm just trying to see if my preparation this week was actually good. You know, It's more of a pat on the back. I'm feeling really down today. So, how do I bring the gospel to people? How do I know if they're interested? Let's answer the first one. And the answer is actually um, pretty simple as well as the question. The answer is, do what Jesus did. Take Jesus' example and apply it into your lives. So what did Jesus do? Well, the first thing was, is that he was intentional with his relationships. Right? As you remember, as you remember reading through the Gospels, as we've talked about Jesus Christ and the parables and, and the different things we've talked about this, Jesus was intentional about building relationships. When, when he was starting out his ministry, he, does, he wasn't going to do ministry by himself, so he went and he approached the disciples. And he approached other people, right? Not just the disciples, but other people he approached. Uh, just give me, give me some of your Bible knowledge about those that Jesus approached. Not necessarily those who approached him, but he approached them. Anybody? Woman at the well? Okay, the Samaritan woman at the well, in fact. So not just the woman at the well, which was, you know, not necessarily the most PC thing for Jesus to do, but she was a Samaritan woman on top of it. So, you know, there's a racial thing going on there as well. What else? Zacchaeus. You guys are right along, right? They're actually in my notes in that order. What did he do with Zacchaeus? He invited himself to his house, which I think that's kind of... So be looking for, you know, emails from me. Um, you know, I feel like doing going over to my neighbor's house. Hi, I'm here for dinner. <laughs> can I tell you about Jesus? No, you can get out of my house. But he, he invited himself. Um, the, the, he received children. Now, I know we're talking about people coming to him, but the fact that he made it possible, like he told his disciples, hey, cut that out, let him come to me, right? And he received children. Jesus was intentional about the people he interacted with. And so we need to be intentional. You guys, we have to stop thinking when we get up in the morning, our purpose for getting up is to go to work. We, we as Christians, we need to stop thinking that I'm getting up to go to work to make money. We have to start thinking, when I get up in the morning, my purpose for doing so is, yeah, I'm going to go to work, but I'm going to go to work and do it 
well, like God told me to, because I'm working for Jesus, and for the hope to impact people for Jesus Christ. It, it takes all, it helps take away a lot of the frustration of work. Because when you're dealing with a frustrating boss, it's not just this relationship happening, but it's this going, God, help me to help him or her. If you have a, a coworker that's frustrating, irritating to deal with, or the, or the work itself is just frustrating. You know, I was literally cleaning toilets that you would not believe what was in them, okay? But to, to go walk in there and go, now, I was the boss. So I could get on the radio. Hey, uh, Kevin, this is Harold. Um, come on down and, into the boys' restroom, you know, main hall, blah, blah, blah. I could have done that, and at times I've done it. Other times, I did it. Because I wanted my crew to know, hey, I'm with you, I'm for you, and to build that relationship with them so that as I shared Christ with them, they would respect that. It brings a whole new dimension to our work. So as he interacted with people, and he noticed their needs, he did a second thing, and he met their needs. Right? So he went around healing people, he went around talking with people, he went around encouraging People, he, he met their physical, emotional needs so that he could talk to them about their spiritual needs. When you're interacting with people and you care about them and you show them that care, they'll respect you and appreciate you and they're going to be willing to listen to whatever conversation you want to have with them. It's just a natural thing. Think about it. You do that, right? If someone's caring for you, if someone's taking care of you, you're willing to have a conversation because you like them, right? You appreciate them. But our tendency is to develop relationships with people who are like us. See, Jesus was intentional looking for people who had needs, and then he went about meeting those needs. We have a tendency to join up and hang out with people that we're, that we're like, that we're comfortable with. And if they're not Christians, they're typically moral people. And a lot of times, moral people, whether they are not, they think they're moral, and so they're, they're going to kind of they're not going to sense their need for Jesus Christ because they kind of figure they have it all you know, taken care of. It's kind of like this illustration. It's like we have been given a truckload of the best winter coats in the world. They'll keep a person warm no matter how cold it is. And what we're doing is we have this thing, and if we do have a conversation with somebody during the winter months, we're talking to people who think they already have that. And so we're, t- yeah, but let me tell you about my coat. Yeah, no, but I got my coat. Yeah, but look at this coat. Yeah, but look at my coat. Yeah, but this coat. Yeah, but look at my coat. If we were to go to somebody who is wearing a sweater on a zero degree day, and we say, hey, look at this coat, you want it? What's going to be the response? Possibly. I know some people who wouldn't, by the way, because I've talked to some. <laughs> the, 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 the tendency is for them to go, yeah. And we can have that conversation with them. We have a tendency to find people like us, and so it makes it, we're not successful if you want to put it that way. You notice how Jesus didn't go to the religious leaders? They came to him and fought with him, but he didn't go to them. He went to those who were in need. Signa Health did a survey of 28,000 people, and they're saying that, uh, here just recently, and they're saying we are in a loneliness epidemic. 
that social media is not doing it. Social media, you know, it's, it's not about connecting people together physically, you know, kind of being around like this. Social media is about people looking in the windows of other people's lives and making comments on it. That's not relationship. In fact, you do that enough houses, I'm going to start looking into people's houses going, man, I wish I had that. Wow, I like what they did there. That looks ridiculous. You know, Facebook is just people looking into other people's lives. There's no real relationship going there. At its best, it's that. We have a loneliness epidemic going on. Cigna also found out that, um, that loneliness has the same effect on mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. People are lonely. They're all around us. This isn't hard for us to do. And if we especially spend time in prayer saying, Lord, help me to see who it is that's lonely. Help me to see. Maybe I can't see it, but give me the eyes to see. Give me the ears to hear. Because they're all around us. These are the people that Jesus hung out with. These are the people that Jesus intentionally built relationships with. And here's the cool thing. When they received the gospel, their lives radically changed. They were no longer that lonely person sniveling off to the side who didn't want to be around people. Their lives radically changed because the God of the universe loved them, forgave them, and is now their father, and they are bold, and they are ready to be a productive member of society, one, or continue, as the case may be, but to be a productive member of God's family and seeing people come to Christ. That's where the energy and excitement is. That's where when a church is seeing people come to Christ, whether it's in the service or outside coming in, that's where the excitement happens within a church. We get excited when a little baby comes to church, don't we? Oh, look at the little baby. <laughs> you know, we're excited when they poop in their shorts. Isn't that cute? Look at the face he's making. I, you know, I always say, you know what's going to happen next? Because we had kids. We, we know what happened next. I never did that as a kid, but they did. Point is, that's the beautiful part of a church when we see baby Christians, people coming to Christ. And then the third thing Jesus did is he, he spread the gospel. The word go in the Great Commission, we've talked about this, means as you are going or as you live your life. Jesus lived out the parable of the sower and the seed. As Jesus was going around talking to people, he was spreading the seed of the gospel. As he was healing people, he was spreading the seed of the gospel. As he was looking at people's needs and having conversations about where they were spiritually, he was spreading the seed of the gospel. Everything he did, from the moment he got up to the moment he went to bed at night, to the moment he went to the cross, to the moment he rose from the dead, spreading the seed of the gospel. And that's what we need to be doing as Christians. We're going to look at some more specific things in today's takeaways. Let's move on to the second question. And that is, how do I know if someone's interested? Again, the quick answer, and maybe the obvious answer is this, that they'll respond to you. Right? People responded to Jesus. Some rejected him, and others received him, responded to him favorably. So let me throw out some of these, and then we talked about some of this. How did the disciples receive Jesus? Reject or receive? Received, right? Okay, good, nice. How about the demonic man uh, from the country of the Gerasenes, Luke 8, if you guys remember that, the guy who's out 
naked, running around, screaming his head off, broke chains, he was full of demons. What did he do? I'll read it for you. Actually, I'm going to read it off the screen. It says, but the man, because I don't want to put my glasses on, but the man from whom the demons had gone out was begging him, begging Jesus that he might accompany him. So he received Jesus. He received God's forgiveness. He was in relationship now. He goes, I want to follow you. I, don't want, to, I want to do what these disciples are doing and hang out with you. But he sent them away saying, return to your house and describe what great things God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. Some people might have thought he was still free, you know, Nuts, because he's so excited about having been freed. But he received Jesus, but Jesus said, no, 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 you go back and tell people what's going on. We talked about a Samaritan woman, right? What did she do? She received Jesus, and what did she do? She went into the city and told people, had him come out to, to see Jesus. The rich young ruler, what did he do? Rejected said, hey, listen, and what did he do? Turned his back and walked away. How about the, most of the Pharisees? <laughs> Rejected. In fact, they didn't just reject him, but they said, hey, Jesus is demon-possessed. He's doing that by the power of Satan. How about, here's a little tricky one, how about Jesus' brother, James? Initially rejected, and then received him. Isn't that cool? So he, initially, he was one of those who were trying to get Jesus and take him back home because he was nuts. But then James accepted Christ, his own brother, um, as a savior and became one of the leaders in the church. So no matter what, people are going to respond. They responded to Jesus, they're going to respond to us. But let me, I'm going to give you two passages of scripture that talk about this. And again, I'm going to read it off the screen. <laughs> it says this, so Romans says this, as it is written, now all those caps in my version of the Bible, caps mean Old Testament. So he's talking about Psalm, he's 14 and 53. But as it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. Okay? All have turned aside. Together they become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. So left to ourselves and people left to themselves, without God in the picture, no one seeks after God. In spite of what they're saying, maybe even. That they're not seeking after God. Okay? So, in a sense, that's good for us. It gives us a good, you know, ability to see what's going on in a person's life. But, remember we said last week in John 6.44, or not what I said, what Jesus said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So if you're having a conversation with somebody, okay, and they're interested in what you're saying, you can probably guess that God's at work. You might not be the one who draws them to Christ in the sense of leading them and praying with them, but you're going to be one of the people that God is using. And they may even verbally reject you, but in their heart and their mind, God's working. Whatever the case, the point is, remember, God is at work behind you, drawing people to Jesus Christ. And so, people who are interested, that means you have the green light to continue to find ways to bring conversation into their life, meeting their needs, 
interacting with them on that level because they're interested. They're going to ask you questions. And I've had this happen in my life time and time again. And, and I, like I said, the vast majority of them, I never had, you know, prayed with them for them to accept Christ. Let me just give you a real quick story. I might have told you guys this one before, but um, this is out of high school. Okay, So let me just, for you guys that are in high school, junior high, we had a lab table in chemistry. Um, I was a senior and needed a credit, so I took chemistry. No clue what I did other than lit fires. That was pretty fun. But anyways, so I, I'm sitting at another, I'm at a lab table with three other seniors, and uh, we're just talking when we get back on Mondays for high class, we're just talking about what we did on the weekends. And they would have their parties, and then I would say, yeah, well, I went bowling with my friends or from church, or we had this church party going on, and I just talked about church, about my friends from church, that kind of thing. The year goes by, or the semester goes by, we graduate. The next summer, so a year after we graduated, um, I know this is probably a shock, I was out jogging, and uh, <laughs> I, you know, I have to laugh so hard. So I'm, I, I was out jogging, and I happened to run past this girl's house. I didn't know where she lived. I just was on my run. And all of a sudden, I hear some herald. So I turn, and there's Sue. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Hey, come here, come here, i got to tell you something. So I'm like... Yeah, what's going on? I'm all sweaty, you know. What's going on? I just want to let you know that this past year in, in, uh, at University of Indiana, I accepted Christ, and, and I'm a Christian. I'm like, well, that's awesome, man, great. That's, how did that happen? Well, I was at school. I was depressed. I, had, I was tired of the party scene. I was, I was just so down. I remember you talking about all the fun times you had with your, your youth group at church. And so I found one of those Christian groups on campus. And so I went. I didn't know anybody. I went, and I accepted Christ. She went on. To, I actually went on staff with them. She's married now. She lives back in Illinois, a uh, big part of the church that she goes to. So just something like that. You know, I, I didn't lead her to Christ, but I was able to just say, hey, I, was go- I went to church. You know, just, I don't know. To me, it's just such a cool thing that God does in our lives. So here's what I want to do as we close out. I want to spend some time talking about ways that you can spread the seed of the gospel. Our overall plan is what Jesus did. Jesus was, Jesus was always for others, right? He was, that's all he ever did. He, he never sought his own. He was always for others. Paul, in 1 Thessalonians 2, says this, For we never came with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness, nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, even though as apostles of Christ we might have asserted our authority, but we proved to be gentle among you, as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but what? Our own lives, because you had become dear to us. Paul's talking about the motivation behind them coming to that town, Thessalonica, with the gospel. They gave them, Paul and those who were serving with him, gave them their lives. They opened up their lives to them and were able to share the gospel because of it. Paul said he didn't come with flattering speech. Most of us here would probably say, thank the Lord for that. Because we feel like we, you know, bumble our way through the gospel and we think, oh man, I just seem to kind of screw that up. Paul wasn't very eloquent. He wrote better than he spoke, evidently. We want to be known as a church 
that is for Northwest Ohio. In fact, it's on our, our yard signs. It's up on Facebook. Hashtag, if you're a hashtag person. We have hashtag for Northwest Ohio. Anytime I put anything up on Grace Point, and I don't even know the whole social media stuff on this. Uh, you will if you're into it. Um, but I'm doing it because I'm told this is important and it, it actually gets our name out into um, the Northwest Ohio area. So, what do we do? We want to be a church that's about helping people, about reaching into the community. We're not going to be so much about, hey, everybody come check us out, in the sense of let's have big parties, spend a bunch of money on having big parties. We're going to be about doing what we need to do to impact the community, to go out and do and be what Jesus was. First thing is pray. We need to be praying. You guys need to be praying for yourselves and for how God wants to use you. I'm praying for me. I'm praying for you. But you guys need to be intentionally praying and asking God, who is it that you want me to talk to? Who is it that you want me to get involved in their lives? And I'll guarantee you, it's not always going to be the most popular person. Okay? Just not. He's going to put into your heart and your mind someone in your neighborhood that maybe people don't like. He's going to put in your heart and your mind somebody you work with, somebody that you go to school with that's not the coolest person in the world, that your reputation may take a knock because of it. Just like Jesus' reputation took many knocks. Stick a yard sign in front of your house. For some of you, this, this is a great first step. Just let everybody in your neighborhood know, hey, I go to church. Okay? And then be nice to them. <laughs> you know, let them know you go to church and then also live in the way Christ wanted you. We've got them at both doors. We've got them up here. So after the service, feel free to grab one. If you live on a corner lot, feel free to take two. Um, we've got enough that we can use that. Three, ask questions. This is a great way to have... You're sitting around, right, talking to people. Neighbors, you know, wherever you're sitting around talking to people, ask questions. What's a typical question that you would ask somebody that you're, you're working with? Or, you know, and I don't mean about work. I mean about life. What would you typically ask? What are you doing this weekend? Where do you go to church? Okay, somebody's going to be that bold. Okay. That's a little bit bolder than what I would do, but okay. So let's just go back. So... Um, what are you doing this weekend? So the person's going to say, well, I'm going to go to Putin Bay, or i got some yard work to do, and blah, 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 whatever you're going to do. Then you say, because they'll probably say, well, what are you doing? Well, you know, i got some yard work to do. i got some family that I'm going to go to church. Um, throw it out there. Throw in the seed, right? You know, hey, what books do you like to read? Well, I like to read this book, that book. Okay, how about you? Well, you know, I like this book, that book, and I, I also like to read the Bible. You know, so you, you're just throwing God in a good way into a conversation. You know, I'm not talking about when you hit your finger or you mess up on a report and then you use the Lord's name in vain. I'm not talking about that. Um, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies? What are you involved in? That kind of thing. Uh, how do you deal with stress, the stress of life, of work, of kids? And then you just... Say, yeah, yeah, I, sometimes I punch a wall, and sometimes I remember I need to pray, and so I pray and talk to God and get into the Bible. and re You know, it's just, again, throwing the seed. Because what are you doing? What you're doing is you're, you're letting people see that, number one, you're normal, 
And number two, that, hey, if I have a question about religion, about God, about maybe I can go talk to so-and-so, and you're going to be the answer person, which helps you grow in your faith, because they're going to ask you questions you won't know. You'll come to me, Pastor, what about? And I'll be like, I don't know, what about? You figure it out. Here's some passages. Read about it. Learn about it. I'll give you some information. And then you go back to that person and have that conversation with them. Another one, invite people to church, church events. And these are all tools. Sunday morning, we try to do Sunday morning in a way that unsaved people would feel comfortable coming to our church. Um, you got that one slide there, has a bunch of our events going on. There's a computer frozen. Oh, there it is. So, uh, so here's a bunch of stuff. Inviting people. We got Facebook. We're on Facebook. If, you don't, if you're on Facebook and you're not friending Grace Point Facebook page, shame on you. You should do that. It's a fun place to be. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, no clue. We're on it, but, you know, whatever. Ellie tells me we're on it, so we do it. Fuse, we've got youth ministry starting on the 16th here. Okay, we've got a guy, AJ, is going to be coming up and doing that. He'll be here on the 16th in the morning. You get to meet him. Uh, Young Adults is over here. Nextdoor.com, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's getting interaction. It's kind of a weird thing. You just, each community has a next door. It's, a, it's free. Um, so just go to nextdoor.com, find your neighborhood. Some of you guys I've invited because I know you live back here, for instance. Um, Grace Kids, you know, everything's about kids nowadays, right? Well, tell them about the great Grace Kids stuff we've got going on. And we can have more stuff going on and more kids, right? This explains everything. It's a new series that we're going to be doing. It's a three-week series, and then we're going to go to Epic. So we're basically going through the entire Old Testament until Christmas, uh, ending with Jesus Christ. So this explains everything, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And I'm really going to focus in on what would unsaved people be asking about these things. Um, so we're going to start with Genesis 1, of course. Um, but again, our message here is we're always thinking about how can we teach in such a way that unsaved people will, will get it and be interested in it. Uh, Christmas and Easter, right? Everybody goes to church on Christmas and Easter. So have them come here. Invite them here. We have neighbors. The last Christmas and Easter we've had, actually... Yeah, the last we've had, they were here. Because why? Because they have to go to church. It's Christmas and Easter, and they know we're here, so they, it's kind of funny. Uh, party at the Point, a taste of Grace Point. So this is, you're going to be seeing this up quite a bit, and we're going to be getting this out on Facebook and advertising this, but we're, this is going to be a party that we have here, and it's a taste of Grace Point. It's going to be at 10.30 to, I don't know how long we're going to go, but it'll be longer than an hour. We have food and games and music. We're going to be outside. Caleb's going to have a band. We're going to be playing outside. Kim said I can only talk for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, she's so funny. Anyway, Sunday, October 14th. So be inviting people for that. It's just going to be a casual hangout uh, for everybody. Um, and let me just kind of throw this one out here because it's kind of. We have over 100 people who call Grace Point their home. Okay? That's with kids. But if you look here, you don't see 100 people. Why? Because not everybody comes to church regularly. All right? We need to change that, for one. But number two, on days like that, everybody needs to be here. Everybody needs to mark it under October 14th. I got to be here. Why? Because when first time attenders show up, we want them to see what our entire church family looks like. All of us. Wacky, normal people 
They need to see all of us. Okay? I'm telling you guys, having you guys in the pews, soon to be chairs, by the way, but having you guys in pews, the pews on the Sunday morning makes an impact to those that are first-time attenders. Because they walk in, and if we have 100 people sitting here, that, wow, these things are going on. You know? So I just want to encourage you. Make it a point to be here on Sundays. We need you. It, it's not just for serving, but to be here and be a, an impact for Christ. It's you know great thing. Ladies Spa Night. That's coming up October 19th. October's a big month. October 19th, 6 p.m. Guys, we're not invited, but the girls are. Um, and you could talk to Kim, ladies, and what's going on. All these, all these people here, these are all community businesses that are helping us reach people for Christ. Okay? And they're doing a daughter project, which is a, um, which is a uh, thing for um, uh, sex trafficking and that kind of stuff. So the, the ladies are going to be assisting with that ministry by doing this. But anyways, all of that, and there's a bunch of free prizes. Up. But these people are you know, giving us stuff to give out. So it's awesome. So lady, invite, ladies, invite your friends to that. Invite somebody over to your house. Coffee, fire, barbecue, when I mean like a fire pit, um, don't burn your house down. Barbecue, make a regular time to grab coffee with people, right? They're lonely, so have them come on over to your house. Um, we had a brainstorming barbecue. We had 68 people here last week, um, and one of the greatest points that they were saying is relationships, relationship, relationship, relationship. That's what it's all about, right? So we need to be helping to develop relationships. The Sunburys and the, and the uh, Kayos had barbecues this summer. Sunburys had about 20 of their neighbors over. The Hearts co-hosted there. The Kayos had about 12 of their neighbors come over. The Pococks were helping them with that. Do that kind of stuff. And I want to throw this one out. <clears throat> Halloween. I'm offering that if you live in a subdivision especially, because if you do it out by us, the kids will get hit by cars. But in your subdivision, if you have a big Halloween thing going on, Here's what I'm offering. We'll buy the hot dogs and the buns and the ketchup and all that kind of stuff. And we'll even bring a, a grill over if you need it. You host out front of your house a Halloweeny. Halloween with hot dogs and hot chocolate. We'll cover that as a church family. We're going to come behind you and through the offering that we take on Sunday mornings, we use that money for outreach, and so we'll use that to help you, and then we'll invite some other of our church families to come over there and help you as well. You guys hang out, be the cool house in your subdivision that has hot dogs, hot chocolate, and you're handing it, not just the kids, but you're handing it especially to the parents because they're the ones doing all the work keeping their kids corralled. So Halloween, let's do that. We, tried, we did it in Maryland. It worked great. It was, just a, it was so much fun. They lived on this hill, too. So we were literally running up and down the hill with hot dogs because we didn't bring the grill out dummy us. We left a grill in the back of their house, but anyway, it was a good time. Get involved in a community, community groups, all right? So Fall Fest, uh, whatever, I keep saying anything wrong. The uh, Northwood Fall Festival is happening. We're going to have a table there, but in the future, what I'd like to see us do is go be volunteers at these places. Wear your Grace Point shirt, go out and help the community. Be out there, have conversations with people. We're going to have a table. We need people to man that table or woman it. Um, whatever the case may be. PTO, parent-teacher organizations, I don't know if your school has them or not, but get involved in the parent-teacher organization and let us be a part of that, helping serve at the different events that are going on. 
And last one, let people know that I do marriage counseling and family counseling. I wouldn't necessarily use that picture, but I was looking through Facebook and I saw Facebook and I'm like, oh, I'll throw that one up. Um, so that's me. Okay, get rid of that one, Carl. It's distracting. <laughs> so this is a great way for you guys as you're talking with people. Say, hey, listen, you know, my pastor, he doesn't really look like that, but he's, a, he, he's willing to have you do marriage counseling. He does it for free. People love free, right? So feel free to throw my name out there to do marriage counseling for people. All right? I'm, I'm more than willing to do it, and I've done it in the past. So let's make sure uh, that gets out there, too, for people who are going through difficult times. All right. So it comes down to prayer, having God talk with people, and just sowing the seed and letting people know that you just attend church, that you are comfortable talking about God, that you're available for questions, that you're looking to meet people's needs. That's what it comes down to. Let's go ahead and stand. As you leave this morning, uh, I just want to encourage you to grab a yard sign. You can grab them from here. You can grab them at the doors as you, as you head out. Put one in your yard, too, if you have a large enough yard. Um, let people know that you're here for that. And then next week, starting a new series, this explains everything, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, for three weeks. Next week is Genesis chapter 1. So come on back, invite people to come back, and hear about God and the impact of Him creating this world, okay? And see how that impacts our lives. Let me go ahead and pray. Lord, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for your love for us. Thank you for letting us be a part of this incredible team that you're assembling that we call the church. It's the household of God. It's the family of God. That we can be a part of that and we can bring the life changing, the eternal life-changing message of the gospel to people. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to develop in our own hearts a love for those who need Christ, that you would develop in us the love of Christ, and that we would not just take this um, gift that you've given us and hoard it, but Lord, that we do what you've told us to do, and that is to, to spread it, to put it out there for people, and that we'd see people come to Christ, we see lives changed, that our own lives would continue to change because of it, and that Grace Point Church would be known as a church that is for the community, is about helping people, ultimately helping them find Christ. Lord, I pray you just honor us in that way. Praise things in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day and represent him well.